Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Let's Chat About Death. My name is Chris and I am your host. Well, I'm actually your host on all of my episodes, but let's just let's just say that anyway. I want to thank everyone that has listened to only a few or even all of our episodes. If it wasn't for you that listen and give us the information or maybe some questions, then we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. So thank you very much. Thank you for following us on TikTok, uh, Facebook, um, and obviously, yeah, like I said, this this podcast. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun doing this. So the topic today was actually asked um, by one of our followers or one of our listeners, and it's about viewing. Uh, viewing a loved one, a deceased person, and what happens when this all takes place, what needs to happen, but also what happens if someone gets denied uh, a viewing due to circumstances or whatever. So today's episode is going to be covering quite a bit of content in regards to that. Well, as much content that I can get out of my head at the same time. Um, so, um, so viewing, geez, that was a very short crowd, wasn't it? <sighs> Far out. The people that you employ. Anyway, now, viewings. What is a viewing? Some people may be saying a viewing is when a family comes and spends time with their loved one. So, you know, with an open coffin. Now, some viewings are full body, some are half body, some may be just a hand, some may be just, you know, uh, the body is covered and they're able to just touch. Now, the reason for the different variations will depend on the condition of the person and if it is something that we can allow them to do due to deterioration or, you know, might have been a very tragic event like an accident or something like that. Now, I won't normally say no to anyone unless it is 200% out of the question. Now, that would be basically someone that has fully started to uh, deteriorate or decompose. couple of things with that. Body, but also smell. Now, it is a smell that you would have never, ever smelt in your life before. Now, I know know that sounds quite graphic, but I I have to let you know that. We know when we have a bacterial infection, right, because all the smell is is bacteria. And if you look up a little bit more on Google, you'll be able to, you know, find out some more information. But when bacteria goes bad or starts to break down, all of our body, it then radiates this this um, this smell. Now, it is very unfortunate for those people that may not have been found or, you know, the body after they've passed away in hospital or home, things happen. You know, the other thing is too is that our body, you know, someone could have been at home on palliative care, have eaten prior to her uh prior to them passing 
And then what happens is that food isn't moved throughout the body. It'll stay within the intestines and then it starts to rot. And that is where the bacteria will start start to um, break down things in a very different way. So you're thinking, what does that have to do with viewing? So when it comes to viewings, I look at a person and go, okay, when they first come in raw, what do I physically need to do to make this person be presentable for their loved one for that last time? Now, I prepared a lovely gentleman uh, the other day and he was quite average when he came in. And then once I did the the preparation of him, so washing and shaving and dressing him, placing him into a coffin, he looked a million dollars. He just looked like he was sleeping. Now, if I can get a result like that every time, that would be brilliant. But it doesn't always happen. Sometimes, I, I, I guess the people are going to know that that person's deceased. And, and you're thinking, well, why would you be viewing if they're alive? Well, yeah, yeah, okay. But there's, I guess there's the, the, the selection of, okay, so I'm going in, I'm doing a viewing and he's going to be different. Yes, he is. But then sometimes you'll go in and he looks a million dollars better than what he did when he was alive. Now, a couple of things for that is when people are under a lot of pain or pressure, then their muscles will constrict and you might get that like that pain look or their muscles are just like, you know, their body's all different. But when we pass away, all of that relaxes. So then gives them a really good way to present. The best thing is at the end of the presentation of of washing and doing all of that, all the preparation, is when they present really, really well. And I that's where I I get the tick. I, I just find that that's I've done my role. Now for this family that came in and saw their loved one, they just absolutely loved him. And this guy had battled with a lot of illness over a long, long time. And today was a day that they got to see that closure in an environment that wasn't formal and it was very intimate with the people that they wanted there and it was just beautiful and I got to share that with them. How honoured are we? How honoured am I to be able to share that time with family and give my my reasoning and, and what I felt when I was washing and dressing him and things like that because for those that know that I am a very spiritual person and I have ways of being able to communicate or feel when people come into my care. Uh, and there might be some of you out there going, oh, that's a bit weird. Um, but yes, it, it can be, um, but I enjoy it. And, uh, and you're probably thinking, right, okay, I'm going to type all that up and see what's going on. No. Um, now, if a, if a viewing goes well then that person or that family have then gained a good experience in my experience over my years of being a funeral director viewings haven't gone too well 
especially for people that have done it previously. Now I'm talking probably, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Oh, I saw Nana and she just looked like a clown. Well, we only apply makeup to that degree if a person is not as um, natural than what they should. But there's a difference between applying, you know, natural colour or their natural skin colour and white. <laughs> like, um, now I can't, I can't answer for the, the mortuary people that have done those viewings and preparations before, but I like to keep people natural. If they're not a makeup person, I won't put makeup on them unless it is 200% required for that family to get a good experience. But we will blend. The makeup that we use is just normal, everyday, living person makeup. Now, some people that are embalmers and things like that saying, well, you can't use normal living makeup. And, okay, fair point. But then on the other side is the funeral makeup can be too thick. It clogs pores. It looks, it, it A-N, and it's very, very costly. Uh, and not that I'm scrimping and scraping, but our products that we have for alive people, so all of the ladies out there that use makeup, um, you know what I'm talking about. You know, they can be costly too. But we try to blend just keeping it, maybe even use a BB cream um, or a little bit of bronzer or something like that or a bit of gloss on their lips or, you know, there's there's ways to be able to present people without spending thousands of dollars on makeup. You don't need to. Now, if someone is denied a viewing, and I said that before due to people um, going through um, or starting to decompose or it might even be a road accident or something that is really horrific and even when it comes to hands or, or face, you know, at times that can't happen, unfortunately. And like I said, I'll do everything in my power to make it happen even if it's just a touch or whatever. But at times, especially when people are decomposed, or, you know, there might have been a, you know, a fire or something else like that. Because this, we all have senses. So we've got the visual and then we've got the smell. Now, I can't, even if I embalm someone, I can't get rid of bad smell. We have other chemicals that we can use that are just everyday, run-of-the-mill um you know, smelly things that we can use to to accommodate that. But the body is very, very unique and it can throw out lots of smells that even, even multiple uh, body bags or other agents that were chemicals that we use, the smell still gets through. So we've, we've got to look at every single person that comes in and deem if it's a yes or if it's a no. Um, and I've only had to say no a few times in my career um, and I felt really crap after it. Um, but unfortunately, they're the things wow. that, um, yeah, it, it's not 
it's not a good feeling when you deny someone. But I always say to my family, until I get your dad, mum or whoever into my care, I can't promise you anything. But what I can promise you is I will do everything that I can possibly do. And if I can't do it, I will then reach out to our uh, mobile in Barma. If she says to me, no, we can't, that's just the body's too far gone or we could attempt to do this, we can see how it goes. Because embalming someone doesn't automatically guarantee a viewing. The body can re, can uh, react to the embalming chemical. Now, for those embalmers that may be listening to this, you think, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, it's just numbers and how you do it. But I can tell you in all of my years too and having my dealings with my mobile embalmer is it happens. And I've seen it. I've seen it. And depending on what that person was on medication-wise or if they were in a hospital or what the ambulance has given them, if it's a steroid-based item, oh, my God, then the body will go bananas. Um, and there's other, there's other medications as well. But we're not privy to that. We don't get told what that person is on unless the family says, hey, just letting you know, um, or they might have been... Um, involved in drugs or alcohol or, you know, this is what he or she was involved with, then we get an idea of what that body might uh, react to. But I don't do evasive procedures unless it is absolutely necessary. I'm able to do a lot of things without having to do that because I think people have had things happen to them, cancer or accidents or things like that, that you know, they've gone through enough. I don't think they need to go through the whole uh, rigmarole of me um, poking and prodding and whatever. But there is bodies that I do need to do certain things due to a build-up of gas or liquid. Um, but I do apologise to the people when I'm doing it because it, it's not something that they ever wished for. Um, but you know, where the fa our families trust us in what we do and I'm not doing it just to satisfy myself, I'm doing it because it has to happen. I don't like doing it. Um, so the, the denying of someone, the other option is that they can come and sit with a coffin. They may not be able to physically touch that person but they can come in and sit. But the other thing is too, and we've said it just before, is smell. And it really just depends on what we can do and how we can make that go away. Um, but sitting and still reflecting with their loved one is still an option. Um, holding a hand or, you know, might be the only thing that they can um, be a part of, you know. So I would probably say it's probably a 60 to 70% um of our funerals that people want to view. And I think it also gives them a sense that their loved one is in that coffin. I don't know if you've ever heard of, well, how do I know that mum's in there? Well, you can have a look. We or I or whoever is doing the prep at the time, preparation, is we make sure that they're viewable to the best that we can because people families change their mind they might say you know what mum's sister wants to see her now fine you know 
Um, and so they should be. They should be presentable enough um, to, you know, be viewed if that is what has to happen. Um, and it can be very short. But, you know, there's no hidden hidden things with us. If people want to come and watch their loved one, they can certainly do that. And that, that gives them a little bit of... Um, uh, I don't know if I use the word closure, but a little bit involvement in in that process or even dressing or, you know, coming and painting nails or doing someone's hair, you know. Um, you know, we'll dye hair if we need to. Haven't We don't do that often and I would probably say in the last few years we might have only had that once, but it is something that we can do. Um what else can we say about viewings? Viewings can be anywhere. Um, some people will take their loved ones home. Some people will uh, view at our facility here. Um, some people will view prior to a service. Um, and that can be as quick as 10 or 15 minutes prior to private or open, like gather everyone around and then they can say there, especially when it comes to like Hindu Sikhs, all of those, they love the open coffin. It's one of their things that they do. Um, they'll come and place some rose petals and everything in there. Um, but it's a nice way for people to pay their respects. Um, so I hope that might have answered just a little bit about why we do what we do, viewing against no viewing. There is nothing wrong with not viewing someone. But if you have seen your loved one in a not too good position or not too good, you know, eyes open, mouth open, you know, maybe the environment wasn't right or something else like that, then that will be the last image that you have of your loved one. And I know that through my own experience through the passing of my grandmother and passing of my mum. Now, I wasn't there at the time when my mum passed. I was 10 minutes late because I was coming from Victoria up to Queensland and the silly person on the front end of the hospital said that security was on uh, was on dinner and uh, this was 1 o'clock in the morning, mind you, and uh, I, I got to miss out. So... I wasn't there to be able to hold a hand and, and do all of those type of things. And, and it does it does get me. But on the other side, I know that mum would have gone, you know what, the thing is that you were there, you're on your way, that's all that mattered. I tooted my horn when I arrived and my brother said to me that she did sort of, because I did say to mum on the phone when I was driving, my brother put it up to her ear, um, that I will toot my horn out the front. And she did. She moved and her eyes opened. And um, so that was quite humbling. So when it comes to viewing, I got to see mum in in raw rawness. I got to see her when she passed away, like in the sense of her eyes were partially open, mouth was open a little bit. So I got to, to do some laying out. And, and you know, I, that was quite quite a humble thing for me because you think about it, and I'm not saying all families are all happy families because my family certainly isn't all about happy families. But um, but we've got to remember that our mum or dad or stepmum or grandmother 
they've raised us. They were there. They changed our nappies. We did all of those type of things. We, you know, we were fed. We were taught. We were, you know, and if that's the last thing that we can do is hold their hand or brush their hair or anything else like that, then let's do it. Let's do it. Why not? But people are still scared about the viewing because of past experience or what other people have said about the last viewing that they went to. There is always someone out there that will talk it down. You shouldn't be doing viewings. It's unnatural. But, you know, bugger them. It's up to you. If you feel as though that that is something that you want to do, or maybe someone that didn't want to view or did want to view, but maybe they go in ahead and have a look because then they can make the assessment if they feel as though that you will like what you're about to see. Um, so there, there's so many different options, but I, I just try to, you know, present people the best way we can, make them look comfortable or be comfortable the best way that they can and give people that good experience. Like I said, I can't, I can't talk about other directors because I'm not sure what their procedures are. The ones I've worked with, mm, yeah, not so good. But look, that's what's made me who I am today and I know what I will do to make it the best for our families. So tragic events happen all the time in our community, in our society, around the globe. Unfortunately, we don't have the powers to make these things stop. And then we get Mother Nature that gets megaly pissed off and um, starts throwing uh, volcanic lava, um, avalanches, uh, tornadoes, tsunamis, bushfires. Um, and then you've got the man-made stuff of bombs and once again, you know, <laughs> war, all sorts of things can affect us as people. And I think if we are watching the news, then, which I don't tend to <laughs> because it's just dull, dull and... Yeah, yeah, it's not not the best around the world. I'll get told what I need to get told and that's it. But those tragic events, those people that were affected by those events, they have family. There's even people out there that don't get the opportunity of loving and viewing their loved one because the body is never found. You know, even the wartime. Oh, we don't know where, where Bill went, you know, because it was just that that time and, you know, we can give you an idea of where we feel he went down or it might be, you know, like even tsunamis, people getting, or earthquakes, getting buried alive or may not being able to be found. So... For those people that can get to see their loved ones, that's a blessing too. But then, yeah, there's a lot that don't. 
So when you think of denying people of what they should be able to do, that's out of our hands. We don't we, and and it's sad um, that we all have to undergo all these things in our world. But um, our body, our body does some, and we just said before, we uh, does some pretty amazing things. The chemistry of our body, biology in itself, I don't even know how majority of our muscles and tendons and nerves and and all of these names they've got for every single part of our body. Like how, how like, I mean, there's, there's so much information on our bodies that I don't think even the professors and the real smarty bums... <laughs> That's my technical term for them. Um, the ones that are really, really good at that, they don't know 100% either. But somewhere along the line, and it be it if it's the Egyptians or before that, you know, they've all started testing what bodies were going to do. That's why there's such a thing as body farms. Um, and it sounds awful, but people donate their, their bodies to science and that's how we're able to see what certain things can be affected. Uh, bodies get donated also to like universities, so once again to science or medical science, where you know they get to see that. So once again, that body isn't able to be viewed only in the hospital or, or where they passed. So um, there's lots of things that can stop people from doing it, but. Um, for the for the people that are in nursing homes or homes, hospitals, you know, majority of them are okay to view. You know, it's um, it's just choice. But I would say, next time you have to and touch wood, it's not for a long time. Just maybe think about it, because what you're probably thinking that you're going to react to, you may not. And will you, will you feel bad if you don't? You have to live with that choice. So viewing or no viewing against self, knowing what you reckon you can handle or not. But we learn, we learn from others and what I can say is that what we do... Um, we want to try to give them a good experience. And if I feel as though that on the day, and see, bodies bodies can change daily. So I believe that if I see within 24 hours that body has changed quite dramatically, well, then I might make the call then. Like, or what can I do to improve that? And look, sometimes it doesn't happen or just letting you know that mum still looks a little bit raw, Okay but you can still have that opportunity. I'm just putting it out there, disclaimer, whatever it is, you know, because I don't want them thinking, oh, well, mum looked better in nursing home than what she does here. It's just how that body reacts to certain things and it, it the whole process. You could have 10 people lined up thinking that they're all going to decompose at the same rate. They won't. They will decompose at varying rates um, what will go first, what will go second, what medication they're on. There's so many different variants to it. 
So for our followers that were interested in why we do viewings or what, what's involved in that process against why we can't do viewings or I hope that's answered some of those questions that you may have about it. Um, and I know, you know, there's some of you out there that are probably going, yep, yep, I think I've, um, I think I've got the answers that I've wanted. Uh, yeah. Why, hello there. Yes. <laughs> I want to thank you all for joining us today. Um, only a half an hour uh, podcast today, but that's okay. That's okay. They don't all have to be 45 to an hour. Um, and it is only me talking too. Uh, for those people that don't follow us on TikTok, go and follow us. Uh, Brember Family Funerals. Uh, some really funny things on there. Uh, we've even got merchandise for Let's Chat About Death. Um, you can find that on TikTok. Uh, or if you look up Shopify, Let's Chat About Death podcast, you will find it. Um, and if you don't follow us, go and follow us. Do yourself a favour. Um, but for all of our followers, thank you so much. And uh, until we come back on the airwaves again, we'll see you later. Bye-bye for now.